From Vestavia Hills City Schools, this is The Intentional Pursuit. Hi, everybody. I'm Whit McGee. And I'm Brooke Wedgworth. Well, we've got a great episode lined up for today, and we've had several really good ones recently, Brooke. We have. I hope you've been listening, but if you haven't, you definitely need to go back and listen to some of our past episodes. We had Martha Martin, who is the STEM teacher at Liberty Park, join us last episode, and she was... So enlightening and interesting just to hear more about the STEM program going on at the elementary school. So if you missed that one, definitely go back and check it out. Yep, absolutely. Before that, we had Dr. Todd Freeman, our superintendent, on for our August episode talking about our strategic plan and our three strategic goals as a school system. So Martha covered goal one, which is focused on student learning and, and under, making sure that students demonstrate a profound understanding of the knowledge and skills that they, uh, we, we expect them to gain, um, ensuring that they find value and meaning in the work that we give to them. So, Brooke, our episode today is about goal two of our strategic plan and some of the work that's been going on there. And goal two of our plan says that we are to embrace our leadership role in developing common understandings and shared community support for confronting the problems and challenges that impact the system, youth, and families. And a lot of this, Brooke, as you know, is about meeting the social and emotional needs of our students. Absolutely. And if our listeners remember, way back in our very first podcast episode, we actually talked with Jennifer Bailey and Anna Gaston about what we're already doing in that area and how we're really trying to address the social and emotional needs of our students. So if you haven't heard that episode, we'd love for you to go back and check out episode one. Yep, absolutely. And another area of goal two is a focus on character development. And we've got a couple of people with us today who have been involved in leading that work. Dr. Antonio Cooper is with us. He is our director of curriculum and instruction here in the school system. Dr. Cooper, welcome. Glad to be here. And Blair Inabinet. Blair is the principal of Vestavia Hills Elementary Liberty Park, and they've been doing some really extraordinary work out there around character development this year, uh, and we're excited to have you on as well. Blair, Glad welcome. to be here. Thank you. So first, one of the things that we wanted to talk about was the, the work around character development, and one of the folks that we reached out to, it seems like pretty early in this process, was the Hope Institute. Dr. Cooper, can you tell us a little bit about the Hope Institute and what it is, why we chose them as partners in this work? Sure, thanks for asking that question. We, uh, the Hope Institute at Sanford University is an awesome, awesome um, organization that helps schools out and businesses as, um, as a matter of fact. And I've been working with them for several years before I came into the system. And I was excited to find out that when I did join um, this wonderful team that we had a couple of our schools already working with them. In essence, what they are is a think tank, a, a learning source, a, a bank of information that will help all of our schools and any school that participates with them to put together the best character education program that they feel like they need for their students. So they're not selling a cookie cutter program. They're not saying these are the things that you have to do at this date and time. When schools come in to participate with the Hope Institute, they bring their issues, they bring their successes, they bring their demographic um, information to the table. And the Hope Institute just brings world-renowned presenters in to just talk about all things trending in character education. And then the schools just work from there through the guidance of Hope to create their character education plans. 
Can you tell us a little bit about what has been done so far? I've had the privilege of, of sitting in on some of their meetings and conversations with staff. They were incredibly powerful, um, but I, I get the sense that's just a fraction of what's been going on. Sure. So our schools have done a whole lot of work just to be as simple and exact as I can, but they've done a whole lot of work in creating their own character education plans. All of their character ed education plans are unique and specific to that individual school's needs and their demographic. So you can walk in any of our campuses and you'll see that their community and their plan is all meshed together and everything works well together from that, that standpoint. And in their plans, they have their creed and they have their, their way of how they want to use that vehicle to teach the students the various character and core values that they would like to have them um, leave that place with. And so for the last three years, our schools have been participating in a several level, several, several layers of cohorts. So they have a year one cohort, a year two cohort, and a year three cohort. And each one of those cohort, cohorts specifically focuses on certain values and, and certain components of the character education plan. And so to date, um, this year, we have 12 teams that are participating from all of our campuses. And they're just matriculating through the process to inevitably, inevitably gain the status of National School of Character. Um, which is nationwide, and it's pretty much a big thing to do. And, and it's a lot of work that the schools put in place to be able to get that designation. And it's not just a designation to where they stay and start. I mean, they stay and, and just they just have that for that one year. They're putting in the work to continually have that designation, and that's a lot of work that's being done to keep that. So I know, Blair, we'd like to talk specifically about the work that has happened at Liberty Park Elementary in um, – connection with Hope Institute. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about your experience so far with Hope Institute, and then even some of the things that you've done at your school with your team. Sure. So we started in Hope Institute two years ago, but new as the principal last year, our year one team made the decision to go back through year one again so that I could be a part of that journey from the beginning and the whole team could truly have a, a, a shared understanding of where we were. And of course, the first experience had been interrupted in that year. So we began year one together um, as a team last year and have continued into year two. And we have a new team that has started year one this year. And we realized early on that there were wonderful things happening in our school and we had had some programs that had been successful in our school, particularly with leadership development, but from a place of what we valued was where our area of growth was an opportunity. So as a team, we determined that um, we would begin digging into identifying and articulating what are our core values as a school community, what do we deeply believe, what do we value, and what is our vision for what that looks like in the future. So we started in very informal ways, having conversations about exactly that. What is our vision for the future? And then what values have to be secure for that vision to be actualized? And it started in very informal conversations conversations and discussions and um, spread from there into more formal opportunities for feedback, surveys, feedback forms for our faculty, for our community. And then we had the most powerful experience of all, which were listening sessions with our students. So every single classroom, every single grade level from kindergarten through fifth grade had children within their morning meetings and within their relationships in their classrooms have conversations about what they valued and then brought those back for 
for us to have larger conversations with them. And from that work, we began a, a pretty scientific process of analyzing that data and determining what are the frequencies that we're seeing these values from multiple stakeholder groups and then landing on what our core values as a school organization and as a school family were going to be. So that's where we are this year. Last year was the process of identifying and articulating those values and really establishing our touchstone as as a character effort. And this year has been about restructuring our committees and our processes and our operations to make sure that we are making decisions through the lens of what we value. And I love the core values that you have. Can you share what those are and and just the impact that they've had so far? Sure, I would love to. So very early in seeking out feedback, we realized that two were rising to the surface very quickly, one being respect and one being excellence. Those are things that were across the board very important to our teachers, to our support staff, to our children, and to their families. And then there were patterns that developed outside of that as well. And among those were empathy and a desire for our children to try hard things, to do hard things, to embrace failure as an opportunity for growth. And so from those, we had phenomenal conversations and landed on six core values, and those are respect, empathy, bravery, excellence, legacy, and service, and all of those being um, ways that our children and our community um, grow so that we can actualize the vision that we have for our school community. Blair, can you tell us a little bit about maybe how those core values have already impacted your school or even some of the things that you all have done or developed around those core values. I mentioned that our committees restructured to support that work. We had highly effective committees previously, but everything seemed to kind of be spinning on separate plates, so to speak, and we wanted things to all be the one plate. That's a saying that is often spoken at Hope Institute and character education in general, that it's not another plate, it is the plate. So we restructured our committees to support that and have a culture committee, a character committee, an excellence, an instructional excellence committee, a community connections committee, and a logistics committee to make it all high functioning. And and that was done to support core values. So that was is one thing that has absolutely made a significant difference. Otherwise, filtering our decisions through that lens of we believe that relationships are the core of who we are and what we do, and we're committed to growing our hearts and minds. These are our six core values. So does this professional development support that, for example? Um, Does this person inviting them to become a part of our team, our hiring practices changed? They started to evolve in the spring, and that has continued through the summer and this fall. Um, Really diving into do they reflect the values values of our organization and will they challenge us in ways that will lead to growth. So personnel, professional development, allocating resources, those have all been leadership-wise decisions that have started to flow through that lens of core values. For our children, it has been transformative. We have been able to um, implement multiple authentic student leadership roles new this year where they have taken ownership over these core values and just had an enthusiasm and an excitement for it being 
us, it being ours, it being customized and tailor-made to the needs of our children and our community. So we've had morning meetings, for example, for several years, but being able to customize those conversations to our children and specific to our core values. The service efforts that we've done for years, for example, we're getting ready to start a truckload of warmth next week, and that's been a wonderful service effort, but now we're able to do it in partnership with our community and our children leaders, and our children are invested in that effort. Just this morning, we had our second Rebels Rally where we celebrated legacy. We have been focusing on legacy, and we invited back our very first principal and Vestavia Hill City Schools Hall of Famer, Helen Holly, to come and share with us the history of our creed and how that speaks to our legacy. And then generationally, we moved straight from Miss Holly to introducing our new fifth grade legacy leaders, our student ambassadors. So seeing it really be tailor-made to our children and our community and being able to streamline things and make things more efficient and more effective through our core values. It's been um, it's been transformative, truly. That's amazing. I actually heard I missed the Rebels rally today, but I heard it was quite the tearjerker. It was, so. it was amazing. I was talking to several folks afterwards, and it was one of those days that I've never quite had an education, and she as a teacher after 18 years had not either. Truly to hear from a legend in the field straight to a generation of our children that are taking ownership over these values and then seeing the connection with our PTO because we celebrated an amazing fall fundraiser and, and, and filtered even our fall fundraiser work through legacy building this year. It was a really cool integration of all of those things, but rooted in values. Dr. Cooper, when you hear all of this conversation about core values and the real impact that it is having on individual lives in, in a school, it's got to be so gratifying with the work that's been going on throughout the school system you've been involved in? The best way I can put it is we had to learn how to smile with our eyes with masks on. Well, if there is a variation of that for the listeners to see me smiling on the inside, the podcast variation of it, that's what I'm doing now. Because it goes back to each school gets to do something that is unique to them. And that's awesome work that they're doing at Liberty Park. And it's rival to none. And you really can't compare it to anyone. And with that being said, an awesome level of that work is being done in all of our schools where it's intentional. And that was the reason why we really enjoyed and wanted to continue our partnership with Hope Institute because they allow those schools that opportunity to dive in. And like you heard Mrs. Inhabitant say earlier, they went through year one twice. You have the ability to pace yourself through the Hope Institute, what you feel best for your school. You don't necessarily have to go into year two because you did year one last year or year three. We've had some schools that went through year one and year two and decided, hey, we need to pump the brakes. We need to go back to square one to make sure that we have the heart of what's going on in our building. And some of those schools did that because they had changes in administration or they had changes in the way that their school was structured, like our high school campus. And so they went back through and they're making those plans like that. And it's just absolutely amazing. And I know one of the goals is the National School of Character, but the overarching goal is just our, our students being leaders. I sat on one of those interview panels to witness it firsthand. They, the whole, the, we had students on the interview panel, and they did an amazing job, and, and they were confident and comfortable in that setting. They were The setting wasn't bigger than them. kind of felt like we weren't big enough for, for those students on that panel. They were, You know, the answers they were giving us, it was like, hey, this is what we're here for. 
And that just gives them more of a, a, a sense of belonging and a sense of ownership in the building when you do things like that. And, you know, we're working towards making sure we have various components of that in, in all of our schools. I want to ask you both a question about your involvement with Hope Institute, the work around character development in your schools, um, and knowing that this has just been a, a customized process, an iterative process for you. Is there anything that has surprised you about what what has gone on in this area so far, or maybe something that you, you've learned or taken away that you didn't expect to learn or take away? I'll take the first stab at it. Um, after we got on as a system and got all of our schools participating in it. You know, I was rather hesitant, you know, getting everybody on board. It's that buy-in thing, right? Especially when you're talking about something from a district level. And at the end of the first year, after having all of our schools be a part of the Hope Institute, what was surprising for me, shocking, and a little bit overwhelming was in all of the principal reviews, one of the things that all of them said was they would like to continue participating in the Hope Institute. They felt like it's one of the best things that's going on for their school as far as professional development is concerned. And I was like, whoa, all of them said that, you know, and they weren't together. It wasn't like a group meeting. All of them said that individually. And they backed it up because all of them reached out to me saying, hey, what do I need to do to get two teams in? You know, not just how can I continue with my year one team, what is it that I need to do as the building leader in this school system to be able to get two teams in? Not only that, how can I add additional members to my team? Because Hope only allows for the basic registration. You have four um, individuals from your school. Well, they were like, that's not enough. I need to get more of my people in on this so that I can get it throughout my building a lot quicker. I, I didn't see that coming that kind of way, but everybody has taken on to this and the community has, you know, bought in and, and they're well aware of what's going on. And um, at one of our presentations, I had to present at Help the Hills a couple of weeks ago. Parents came up wanting to know how can they get involved with the uh, Hope Institute. So all of that's a big takeaway for me. I would agree with that. It has been quick. Yeah. Buy-in and consensus has has happened naturally but quickly, and that's not always the case if something is seen as a program or a top-down effort or initiative, but that's not how it's perceived. I had a teacher when we were debriefing through data together. She said, "This is this. you can't argue this. Values are timeless, and that just has always stuck with me. How can we debate those things that we all want for our children. And as a result of that, it has evolved quickly but authentically. And I'm not totally surprised by that, but I'm very grateful for the nature of that, that you have that latitude to do what is best for your school community and the children in your school community and the adults too, because I'll say that if there has been a surprise is that these values are not just values we wish and we make a goal for our children, but for us as adults in that community as well, as well for our families that are at home. We say in our touchstone, for example, that we believe that relationships are the core of who we are and what we do, and we lead with respect. And by we, we mean myself, we mean our other teachers, we mean our children, and we mean the families from which they come. So it's really a, a unified effort, and we're thankful that it has moved and evolved at the rate that it has. If anything, we have to put our guardrails up and make sure that we pump the brakes when we need to, to, to ensure that things are still moving cohesively. But there's passion and enthusiasm for the work that's happening, and that's, that's a testament of the quality of professional learning that it is. 
Well, before we wrap up, I would love to ask both of you, what do you think as this work continues, which it's obvious that will, what are maybe some of your goals for the future? Or um, that might be specific to Blair for your school, but how do you see this work moving forward with our district too? For our school, it is to continue to implement authentic reflections of the values in action. So our children certainly leading the forefront in that. We've been able to make some intentional decisions. You mentioned that, Dr. Cooper, the hiring processes and involving children, even at the elementary level in that, that has been remarkable and something that will just be a part of our common practice. The student leadership roles have absolutely exploded, and that's been encouraging to see. So just ensuring that every next step is built upon those values and is authentic um, and rooted in those belief systems. Those are those are our primary goals moving forward to continue the professional development. I believe firmly that that's the way to keep us moving forward, to challenge where we are and to keep us growing. So professional learning will be a big part of that moving forward as well. As far as on the system level, I mean, it would be totally awesome if we had all of our schools designated as national schools of character. Um, because that will show proof in the pudding that all of them have done the individual work that's intimate within their building to show that, hey, they can be recognized for that. And, you know, I think we would become a national school system of character and have become a school system of promising practice, which is huge because, I mean, you can count those on one one hand in, in the United States. And it's not from a point of, being braggadocious or anything of that nature it's from a point of then we can become a beacon for other people to come in and see because a lot of people don't know about the Hope Institute a lot of people don't a lot when I'm saying people school systems and schools they don't see the value in this is the plate that everything should be on top of the character education if we can get that into our students and get them with great character we're, we're changing the world you know one city system one demographic at a time and just being on the other side of that, you know, workforce right now, going through all of the workforce industry clusters here in Jefferson County, one of the things that they are missing and, and struggling with as far as their entry-level positions is soft skills. And soft skills are, are nothing but the core values that all of our schools are trying to instill into our students and staff. And if we can be able to, to produce a product, if can use that term, at the end of their 13-year career in Vestavia Hills, or however long they're here, if they can leave with those core values and soft skills, they will be that much further advanced than their peers coming from other systems. But back to just being that beacon, others can come to us for us to be able to show them the way in this area and show them how to be intentional and not just to throw your money at a program of sorts thinking that it'll solve all of your problems. So I know that was loaded. You know, one is we love for all of our schools to become national schools of character to get that same designation, but ultimately being able to get our students out into the workforce and being parents, being leaders of this country with great core values and things of that nature. And our plan is to continue the professional development and character education. We ventured out in some other realms this year alone, um, to which you, Mrs. Wedgeworth have participated in, and we will continue to do that um, just to make sure that we're providing our schools with every experience that they could possibly have to turn that around for our students. You know, it's interesting, you pointed out something there about uh, the, the promising practices and National School of Character. I, I wish I had the list in front of me, but we have several schools that have either 
receive the promising practice designation or the school of character designation on the state or national level just in the last few years. Yes. And I'm, I'm excited to see the direction we go there. Yes, most definitely. And that's, that's a great thing. And I haven't seen any system in, in this state that has more than one school that's designated as a national school of character. And we, we have two and we're working on four. <laughs> very great. soon, you know, and, and those promising practices, we have several schools with that as well. And we're actually going to work on one on the district level as well. Fantastic. Well, you know, the name of our podcast is The Intentional Pursuit. And this is, you, you, it doesn't get any more intentional than the pursuit that we have in the area of character development. And you've heard us mention the Hope Institute a lot during the show today. You can learn more about Hope Institute and the work that they're doing uh, by visiting their website at hopeinstitute.com. Dot org. Dr. Cooper, Ms. Abinett, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank, thank you. you. And thank you for listening to The Intentional Pursuit.